from the Zoomtown Studios in beautiful Bend, Oregon, it's Truth in Lending, the podcast for mortgage people by mortgage people. Today is July 26, 2022. What the Fed? We're one day away from the Fed's third rate hike of the year, and we're all on pins and needles here in Zoomtown. Call it anxiety, call it high blood pressure. I don't know. Let's get on with the show with your favorite potato heads, Katie Pelcher and Randy Vance. The Fed. W-T-F, y'all. What the Fed, bro? What the Fed? What the Fed? (laughs) That was a July 26th, too. (laughs) We are flying by. And it feels like August. Yeah. It's uh, 105 today in beautiful Central Oregon. Do you know that we're literally five months from Christmas? Oh, oh I love Christmas. I can't <laughs> wait to do a Christmas show. But let's do the disclaimer first. Let's do it. Truth it's- and Lending is an informative and industry diverse. Did you want to do it? I was about to. Oh, you should then. Right Drive away. the bus. Truth and Lending is an informative and inter- industry diverse podcast designed to help mortgage professionals and consumers alike as mortgage professional- professionals. Anytime Reading is hard. You, you should have done it. it. We are giving it. our opinion or advice related <laughs> to the mortgage world. We are doing licensed activity, in which case we must disclose our unique identity. Identifiers: Katie Pelcher, NMLS 1588514, Loan Depot, NMLS 1744578, Equal Housing Lender. Well done. Randy Vance, NMLS 1455628, Synergy One Lending, NMLS 1907235, Equal Housing Lender, and Reading is Hard. Ooh, we got through it. This Mor- is why we, re- we re-record easier, right? it every single time. <laughs> All right, so the topic of the day, you guys, is W... TF. What the Fed, man? All right. We're coming up on Wednesday for the Fed's third rate hike, like, hike, like you said. <laughs> so we were discussing whether it's going to be 75 basis points or 100 basis points with Matt Graham last week. So what do you think? I'm still on 100. I'm still 75. I'm going with the expert. I want to win my 20 bucks. I'm going yeah. with Matt Graham. I was going to say, are you going to win it? <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll find out. We'll find out tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern time, won't we? Oh my gosh! Tune in. I'm I'm kind of swaying. I was originally on the 100, but I I think I'm going to go with Matt now too. You just blow wherever the wind goes, don't you? (laughs) I just want people to love me, right? Well, I'm on team. I'm on team 100 because I, you know, I feel like the Fed has. They've admitted. Look, we made a mistake. We didn't get to this early enough. And I feel like now they're just like pedal to the metal. Let's get it done. You think if they do, we'll probably see mortgage-backed securities rally, right? I think so, too. And and a lot of people think, oh, no, the Fed's going to bump the rate this much or however much they do. I don't think it's going to negatively impact rates after talking with Matt last week. Yeah. And just seeing the data that we're going to go over in the show of what's really driving, right? And that's that R word, recession. Mm -hmm. So even bigger than... The Fed, I feel like coming out on Wednesday, is on Thursday, um, the GDP data comes mm-hmm. out for quarter number two. And if it is negative, which all signs point it to yes, then technically we are in a technical recession. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Let's see if the mortgage-backed securities rally. Let's see if they come down. And if they do, mm-hmm. what happens? Refi boom. Maybe not quite that much, but I think we <laughs> definitely be a slow trickle on the rates coming really? back down. I wouldn't see it happening fast at all. Do you think no. it'll happen this year? Um, if we see inflation start to change in the end of the th- or in the beginning of the Q four, we probably would see them start to come down. Okay. That's my expectation. Recession is good for rates. Just remember that. 
Yep. Right? Inflation, Inflation under is control not. is not really good for rates. No. Yeah. So, so I, I was asking, do you think inflation is going to cool based on whatever move that they make? Because so far, it's been a runaway freight train. I still think it's going to be a runaway freight train for a while. I think it's going to take some time for us to see a full shift. But if they take the steps in the right direction is where we're really going to see at least people start to anticipate that in the coming future, it will it will shift. Yeah, and consumer sentiment is already down, right? Mm-hmm. But home values are still way up year over year, right? Mm-hmm. It's unreal. So, you know, we've seen we've seen an influx of inventory and there's still not much inventory. I mean, we'll get we'll get to it in the news, but some of these shiny graphs and I do like graphs. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, you can't see these listeners, but they are beautiful graphs. <laughs> I'll uh, have to add them. There are there are a couple of a uh, couple of graphs to pay attention to. Um, you know, new home sales in June were well below forecasts, and I actually added that because this morning the um, the housing data came out as far as new home sales. And it had missed the mark by a little over a percent and a half as far as what they anticipating the new home sales being mm-hmm. at the beginning of the month versus what they actually were. Interesting. So also good for rates. Uh, the Philly Fed business index graph is really scary because it's got the six-month outlook of basically what it thinks the economy is going to do. So it's really kind of a precursor or a predictor, if you will. And there wasn't enough room on the graph page to show the waterfall of the uh, business index. There, there's no more room for it. It's actually it's a, it's a negative, negative, negative territory. So I feel like recession is good for rates. I'm going to lean that we will see, uh, like you had said, a step down in rates and things will start to heat back up in the real estate world and possibly the refinance world if we go into this technical recession. Yeah. Question. As a real estate agent, do you think that, and I'm talking specifically Central Oregon here, Right. um, we've seen price reductions. There is a little bit more inventory, but the home prices are not going down. I think the way we all hoped they would mm-hmm. as agents, um, they have come down. There have been price increases, but we are still so far above, you know, in my opinion, where mm-hmm. we should be. Do you think that if all of this happens, that it will bring home prices down no. here? No. And why? Even though, you know, affordability is so far off from what most people can afford. But if we see interest rates start to tick down, if we go into a recession and interest rates tick down, it will immediately spark people in that buying frenzy again. Right. It's, it's the toilet paper. It's the everything else. When you feel like you're going to miss it, it's just going to push the house prices up. So I don't see them decreasing. I see them stabilizing until rates start to come down again and then they will continue to go really? off to the races absolutely very well said yeah that's good to know <laughs> I so something. so it's still a good time to buy and i think there's a lot of those cost of waiting and they really come into play just educating your your clients but i'll go into that well speaking of katie what did matt teach you about the fed Man. What the Fed? What the Fed? (laughs) What the Fed? Matt taught me so much. I think the biggest (laughs) takeaway that I had was just on the inverted yield curve. Um, That was was really uh, well spoken and and put to me. But from the Fed, I think uh, (laughs) the takeaway is that they don't know what they're doing. (laughs) 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 
that's kind they're of what just I got too. Taking their best guesses. So <laughs> let's see what best guess they come up with this time. Look, we just added a new listener. It's uh, <laughs> Fetty. Fetty. <laughs> Welcome, Fetty. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, applications are not the only thing that's just down. What? Man, you will literally read anything like Ron Burgundy. If I put it in front of you, you will read it. <laughs> That's fantastic. What Katie was trying to say is that applications are not just down, but I like graphs. Uh-huh. <laughs> Boy, I wish you guys could all see her face right now. It's pretty is, incredible. This is Studio Gold. So applications aren't just down. They are way, there way down. <laughs> That's right. So obviously refi applications are, they are almost non-existent unless you're doing a cash out uh, or a rate and term from like a private money situation. Uh, But purchase applications, when you look at just the last 12 months, as rates have been, you know, starting to tick up, boy, those purchase applications are well, well below uh, normal. Yeah. Who would thought the end of end of July, we would see them at the lowest peak that they've been at the past two years it's what the so fed man low. i'll tell you what the fed i don't think katie likes graphs i don't like graphs <laughs> i love graphs and she'll read anything i put in front of her wait till next so week true. katie oh, what the God, fed why don't you like them? now i'm gonna have to be very on my toes <laughs> and now it's katie's corner <laughs> thanks for go, the to your corner. go to your corner <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk about some mid-year planning as we end uh, July here. Uh, Clayton Collins with Housing News Podcast did a mortgage episode on uh, with Dave Savage and Kristen Messerly, so on the state of the mortgage industry as a halftime report. They interviewed over 25 highly successful industry experts, and Randy and I didn't make the cut this time. <coughs> Bullshit. <laughs> so, shout out to that. Hopefully we'll get on there sometime. But our industry has just been sounding like a broken record, feeling the weights of the market shifting. Uh, and I think that Dave and Kristen really took the bulls by the horn and redirected the conversation into more of a, how can we come ahead with it? Right. Uh, this is a market for true professionals. I think we're going to start to see, as we've said, everyone start to feel that pressure boil and potentially make shifts or moves. Um, and Dave Savage quoted uh, Steve Jacobson in that every market, there's always a change. It's always different. And there's always a top 20 or top 10% that jumps on the change and they win and gain market share. So um, hopefully all of our listeners are going to be in that top 10, top 20%. Um, and if my- <laughs> not, get out. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, my takeaway <laughs> from it were a few different things. So one, focusing on your conversion numbers. I think that when we set our goals in the end of December and November, uh, we weren't really expecting exactly what the market was going to be now. So our production numbers aren't going to be there. Do you do you track your conversion rate? I pay attention to my conversion rate. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I track it so religiously and I really want to try to make that more of a priority especially for me and my team because that's what's going to win in this market. I'm a terrible loan officer. I never track my conversion rate and I know I need to do a better yeah. job of that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and do the little tips and tricks. So I, I think maybe we could talk, uh, you know, here on an episode coming up about tracking your conversion rate. Yeah. And I know some very successful loan officers that are successful because they do track yep. that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and for I think me, making it a competition for your team, if you have a team, um, different fun ways that you can, one, track it is going to be important what the best tools are, but two, mm-hmm. where you can go from there. 
Right. So we're just not going to hit the numbers that we were expecting to hit in the end of 2021. So um, another thing to focus on is financial literacy. So really having the conversations with people of uh, what their long-term goals are, what how to gain real wealth and real estate for long-term. Uh, but the big surprising fact to me that I also took away in it was, according to Jim Park, who has stayed at the forefront of the growing technology in real estate, 12% of first-time homebuyers used some form of crypto towards their down payment You're last year. Me. 12%. Just so you know, crypto Dosh. is still not an acceptable source of down payment. So they clearly took the crypto out, had it in their bank for a few months, and then and then we never had to see it. Pretty interesting. So we're not we're not teaching you guys how to how to this do things. This is <laughs> errors read by the producer, and I just want to say that reading is hard. Katie said that Dave Savage talked about his interview with Steve Jacobson, and uh, he mentioned that in every market there's always a change. It's always different, and there's always a top ten and a top twenty percent. She said a top twenty. And 10%. I just want to make sure that we have our facts straight. I love <laughs> you, Katie. You. But Thank reading you, is hard. <laughs> so hard. What the Fed? <laughs> you can come back out of your corner now. Okay, thank you. Let's go into the random room. <laughs> Let's talk numerology. Perfect. And the numbers that I'm losing sleep over. Okay? I just recently finished a remodel that my wife and I have been working on for Finish, months. finish, finish. Finish, finish. Ooh. Today, the shower door goes in and that's the last piece <laughs> and we're all done. So we've been living out of a toaster oven and just eating out a lot. So I put on 15 pounds during this time remodel. Time for a salad. It is definitely time for a salad. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, thanks Cue for back that. to a few episodes. Yeah, yeah. You're still on me about having more salads, and I, I probably am. should if I'm gonna if I'm gonna live long enough to see this show through I its uh, through its tenure. So I went shopping, and oh my gosh, it doesn't take a graph or the Fed saying we screwed it up or people on the news talking about inflation. Holy cow! Four hundred dollars does not fill the cart. <laughs> it almost won't fill your tank. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, you know, another number that I'm losing sleep over is layoffs in the industry. Oh, and man. I realize I don't have a graph for that. Um, I hope to not have to see a graph for that. But I know that, you know, companies across the board have been letting people go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of those op staff people won't ever come back. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough time. You know, and it's, it's just close to my heart because, you know, I've, i was an operations during the financial crisis and, you know, lost five jobs in three years and those companies all went out of business and most of the money didn't get a final paycheck from at least I feel like now people are getting their severance. Mm-hmm. They're getting a nice paycheck, um, which is good. So uh, keep your head up when the market bounces back ops folks, we are going to need you back yep. because we absolutely do need you. Um, here's another number that I lose sleep over the cost of a good hamburger. Holy cow. Holy That's what I cow. So the actually the average price of steak sirloin USDA choice boneless cost per pound is well down. Yet we're paying more for it at the grocery store. So I went to the Fred website. And if you want to go to the St. Louis Fed's website, they have so much data on anything and everything, <laughs> including the cost of a good hamburger. 
I love those people. So why are my hamburgers now more expensive when the actual cost of beef is down? It's the same thing with oil. If oil's been losing traction lately, and it has been, I know we're mm-hmm. below $100, we're, we're right around $95 a barrel. How come we're not seeing that more at the pumps? I don't know. The one number that I'm losing a ton of sleep over, and I can't wait to talk to my boss after the show, because <laughs> he's going to listen to it, is max compensation. It's not keeping up with inflation. Hmm. So that led me to think, why do we have max comp? Do you mm-hmm. know why we have max comp? I'm assuming it's something I should know and probably learn about every year. Well, I'm going to teach you. Oh, thank goodness. (laughs) Fret not, folks. I'm going to teach you about the Dodd-Frank Act, Regulation Z, and the final rule. So if you want to turn off the podcast or take a nap, now's the time. (laughs) Prior to the crisis, training and qualification standards for loan originators varied widely, and compensation was frequently structured to give loan originators strong incentives to steer consumers into more expensive loans. This is, you know, where the term, oh, I like to get one on the front, two on the back, two Mm -hmm. that they don't see, right? (laughs) And, And you used to be able to structure things like that. So often, consumers paid loan originators an upfront fee without realizing that the creditors in the transactions also were paying the loan originators commissions that increased with the interest rate or other terms. So the Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform and Consumer Protection Act, abbreviated Dodd-Frank Act, expanded on previous experts by lawmakers and regulators to strengthen loan originator qualification requirements. Obviously, we have to do continuing ed, right? We had to pass Mm -hmm. a test, have to pass a background check. We get get fingerprinted every three years. And uh, they also uh, strengthened uh, the regulation on industry compensation practices. So Reg Z, and this is your just your quick Cliff Notes version. Okay, Reg Z already prohibits basing a loan originator's comp on any of the transactions, terms, or conditions. The Dodd Frank Act codifies this this prohibition. So basically, it defines the prohibition, and then the final rule implements the Dodd Frank Frank Act and clarifies the scope of the rule as follows. Reading than me until then. Reading is tough. (laughs) So. Ultimately, the one thing that I'm going to skip to why we as loan originators have a max comp agreement, we all have a max comp agreement. Some people it's 5,000, some people it's 10, some people it's 12 or 15, right? Is the lender's way, the company's way of covering their own ass. So Hmm. essentially... Um, it's a pro- prohibiting against dual compensation. So Reg Z already provides that where a loan originator receives compensation directly from a consumer in connection with a mortgage loan, no loan originator may receive compensation from another person in connection with the same transaction. So you can't collect those upfront fees. Mm-hmm. Little caveat for that. And I know you're snoring in the background, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> Little caveat for that. are There are certain upfront fees that can be paid, such as long-term locks. Right. And uh, appraisal fees, credit report fees, those can still be paid up front. Anyways, the Dodd-Frank Act codifies this prohibition, which was designed to address consumer confusion over mortgage broker loyalties, where the brokers were receiving payments both from the consumer and the creditor. So now that's why when you have a broker agreement for those brokers that are listening, you either have lender paid or borrower paid. You, mm-hmm. n- you no longer have the hybrid right? So you don't get the borrower paid comp and and those comps are absolutely fixed. Sorry, I just bumped my microphone. That's a no, no. So 
Anyways, the final rule implements this restriction, but provides an exception to allow mortgage brokers to pay their employees or contractors commissions, although the commissions cannot be based on the terms of the loans that they originate. So this is where the company does their CYA mm-hmm. and sets our limit. So with inflation running away, right, with the cost of goods and services going mm-hmm. up, with interest rates going up, do you feel that max compensation is keeping up? And you can say no comment. (laughs) (laughs) I I personally do not feel that it is keeping up. I I think mm, interesting, interesting take. You know, making making a you know making a million dollars last year is not the same million dollars this year. It's not the same million dollars five years ago. Right. Right. So if you're still making the same, our average loan amount go up. So this, this is true. So, but as average loan amounts go up based on what your tier or what your compensation package says, oftentimes a lot of money goes back to the company because you're maxed out at whatever your max compensation is. But I don't think you hit your max as often. I hit my max all the time. (laughs) Okay. Did you hear that, boss? I have a low max. (laughs) Did you hear that? I want a bigger max. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into the news. All right. And now with the Truth in Lending Mortgage News, CNBC published late yesterday that numbers show the U.S. economy is at least teetering on a recession. So this kind of a precursor to Thursday. We're there. When the second quarter GDP data comes out and based on the Atlanta Fed's numbers, the likelihood of a second consecutive negative GDP quarter equals what, Joey? Uh, recession. Hey, we have a Ooh. winner. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I thought it was a trick question. <laughs> Matt taught it us was. that uh, last week. Two negative, uh, two consecutive negative GDP quarters does equal a recession. CNN took a poll last week too, and sixty-four percent of those polled believed that we are already in a recession. That's neat. So cool. That's neat. <laughs> the calculated risk blog shows housing inventory up 30.5% year over year, still down 45.8% from three years ago. That is insane. And we think it's slow, but yep. it's down that much. Uh, Black Knight shows that mortgage delinquencies, ooh, we haven't talked about those in a while, edged mm-hmm. higher in June 2022, <laughs> but still well below pre-pandemic levels, which obviously there was a lot of uh, protections by the government uh, put mm-hmm. in place to prevent foreclosures, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, all sorts of great numbers on uh, and info on their website with Black Knight, and I just want to nominate you to reach out to either Mitch Cohen or Michelle Kirsch, their media contacts, so we can get them on their show, and also so we don't get sued for, for quoting them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, ionhousing.org has some great graphs and data and you guys know how much I love that Um, showing that as housing demand flattens first time home buyers are retreating overall as a nation however 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 Uh, The Northeast and Midwest are seeing their numbers fall. The South has seen a moderate increase and the West has seen an increase uh, in first time buyers that still show it's, it's still down year over year, but the bigger spike shows that the West Coast people are moving west. Go west, young man. That's Interesting. right. Interesting. Uh, I looked up PewResearch.org, was pew, showing that pew, young, pew, young, pew. young adults of the U.S. are more likely uh, to be living in a multi-generational household than they were 50 years ago. And the statistic on that is ages 24 to 34, they've gone up 9% since 1971. So the whole article kind of goes into whether you've had your education, how much more likely you are. So if you haven't gotten at least your bachelor's degree, the income 
is pretty significantly lower. I haven't gotten my bachelor's degree. Yeah, that's why you're in I've the first. Been a that, bachelor. That that's why class. I'm hosting a podcast and <laughs> those that cannot teach. But there's a lot of really uh, interesting information in there from the age age ranges and whether you're a single parent household, double parent household, how likely you are to get a degree and uh, move on and get a house. So it didn't say anything. You didn't use the M word in there. Millennials. Yeah. How'd you know that's the word I was talking about? Because <laughs> that would be the age range. Yeah. More, more millennials right? <laughs> are staying at home. Are staying at home. Or yeah. or I would even argue that they're at least having a parent move in with them too. Because right? they can't afford on their fixed income. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Wow. Way to pivot that right back in. Just throw that salad <laughs> in my face. Uh, let's talk about rates as we record this show on 7-26-2022. Uh, rates are actually down considerably from week over, uh, week over week, uh, 30-year average rate right now, fixed rate is 5.54%. That is not according to Freddie Mac. I don't know who quotes average rates from Freddie Mac, but they're always ridiculously low. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mortgage News Daily takes a, uh, a poll from several dozen lenders across the nation, and that's how they determine these average rates. Uh, another big thing to, to see that I've, I've seen drop, uh, the 15 years actually dropped 17 basis points down to average rate of 4.8%. Uh, VA also had a nice kick uh, down to 5.2%. One number that I did see that sort of alarmed me, arm pricing is up. So everything else has gone hmm. down. Arm pricing has gone up. Can you believe it? What do you think that means? I think that means that 30-year fixed rates are going to continue to plummet. Yep. That's, that's all the news you got, Potato Heads. That's where I was saying it. So are you locking or floating about before Wednesday? You know, I'm locking before I'm locking. Wednesday because there's there's still that fear and that panic. But I tell you what, I can't wait to see after the GDP data comes out on Thursday. What I might take I might take Friday off. <laughs> we can go float the river. I'm gonna go float the river. Get some hundred degree sunshine. I'm gonna yes, I'm gonna make sweet love to my air conditioner. <laughs> See you later, potato heads. Questions or comments about the show, or if you have any borrow or horror stories you want to share, be sure to email us at truthandlendingpodcast at gmail.com. And feel free to rate our show. Let us know what you think. More than one star, please. <laughs> More than one. Please. Thank you guys for listening. This has been Truth in Lending. What the Fed? What the Fed, y'all? WTF. <laughs> That's what I do when Katie talks. <laughs>